You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You've heard us talk about DraftKings the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup for DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Just draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 24, as Andy's wishes come true as the New York Rangers steal two out of four points against the Boston Bruins. But today, they fell at home 4-1 with an empty netter to break our hearts and to, you know, ruin our weekend as, uh, you know, as we start another week in which, you know, Rangers are going to be desperate for points, and with this riddled-down roster that they're putting out there right now i don't know i don't know if they're gonna get many wins at all but first i gotta ask andy how are you doing um you know like you said my initial prediction came true so one would think i would at least be happy um and i'm not i'm not not happy but at the same time once you're watching the effort and just them put a game together even like you'd mentioned missing a litany of players and with a you know veritable skeleton crew on the ice but yeah i mean i still can find things to nitpick about uh <laughs> the fact that zabanajad is continues to to slip away into the ether and just not be himself um i'm obviously happy lafreniere has point in two consecutive games which is good and it just kind of 
hopefully it reinforces to him that when he keeps his feet moving and takes initiative with the puck that he can create. It's just you have to have that forward forward momentum is everything in this league, right? It's like the main reason the Rangers couldn't get anything going pretty much against the Bruins is that they just, no matter what, they kept their feet moving. They were getting sticks and shins on pucks and knocking it the other way and breaking, you know, starting breakouts the other, going towards the Rangers net. And the Rangers did a whole lot of reaching for the puck and just keeping, you know, being static and trying to hit guys and then who then try to find a trailer. And that's just not good enough and it's not going to work. So, but listen there, I was obviously very happy with their effort uh, in the the first game against the Bruins. So yeah, it's, it's, I knew they weren't going to win both games and I can't even say I'm all that upset about this last, you know, the, the, the game they lost at, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, but at the same time, it's just, you know, it just kind of just shows you that it's still a problem that our bottom six continues to be when we're most dangerous. It's, is there a reason our top six can't just say, well, why don't we just apply the same amount of pressure that our bottom six tries? Cause I, when I watch, uh, Pasternak and Bergeron and Marchand jamming at the net, you know, even Pasternak that that's not really his bag, but he does it. And lo and behold, they've generated a lot of the Bruins offense that way. So, you know, we're just getting pucks back and just collapsing, which everything they're good. The Rangers did that first game. They just refused to do it this game. And it's very strange. And, you know, but it's, again, it's a. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. I, I know, know it's frustrating, but if you have you have to look at it this way, Andy. I mean, look at the roster we have right now. And I want to ask you if this was the roster from day one, right? Game one to game 56. We there was no additions, no trades, no nothing. This was the roster that, you know, that was put out against the Boston Bruins today. That was your roster, all 56 games. Be honest. How many games do you think this team is winning? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, very little. I mean, I mean, I tweeted it. So I have an answer in my head that I think. Well, so the, the right now. Uh, the senators are tied with the Sabres for what, 15, 15 points. And I believe although so, the yeah. senators have played 23 games, so they're technically the worst team in the league. Right. I yeah. mean, I could see them being that level of bad, you know. Maybe well, potentially even worse. Maybe. Right, but you have to game, put, I want you to the, put a number on it. A n- so a number of like wins. with 18. All right. With with 18 games played or 19 that now that the Rangers have played 19 games. Um, well, in the full I, 56 games, if this was the roster, oh, okay. how many total wins for the season do you think that team would would end up with? Oh, boy. Um, hmm. uh, I'm going to say. 56 games maybe 32 maybe wow I mean, you're generous there i i think this team that they put out right now would only get 20 wins on the regular season given the division that they're playing in and oh i'm sorry i was i was i was doing it as points in my head no not that many wins. No, okay, okay i was saying you know and that's how many points they would have uh i you know yeah what they're yeah, I mean, so if, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I just, yeah, I really can't. Like, there's definitely would be a sub twenty one team, you know. Yeah, I, I think twenty would would be generous. I, the only way I would say twenty is if Mika kind of turned it around and he was able to steal a couple games. But I mean, if you look at you know the depth of our defense, I mean, it, it pretty pretty much lacks any any type of uh, ability to you know uh, you know uh, have any sort of balance. 
You know, Fox is pretty much going to have to play 30 minutes a game if the defense want to be strong and, and successful. You have Jack Johnson, who just clearly doesn't belong in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Ke'Andre Miller has been absolutely a godsend. But you can see you oh, know, a, the growing pains today. Just you yeah, know, yeah. He, worst game of the season for Miller. And, you know, and still he even was still even in his worst game. You saw the flashes of why he is such a tantalizing prospect. But, yeah, you can tell that just some, th- you know, just some of the, the things that come with time, you know, is is what he hasn't developed yet. You know, as advanced as his physical skills are, his skating, his ability to, you know, breakout pucks and things of that nature but just the little timing things and awareness things yeah that's going to take time for him and i just feel like you know lindgren uh, brendan smith and and hayek are just kind of there to neutralize the opponent like they're not there to really contribute much so you know when everything falls on you know fox k andre miller uh and and lindgren to kind of lead the way i feel like it's it's going to be tough against a team like the boston bruins i mean k andre miller is not going to be able to produce offense and and be as dominant against a team who's hard hard hitting, tough on the defense in the corners. You know, you know they know how to grind out shift after shift and and kind of pin you in your own zone and 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 force you out of position, which they did to K Andre a couple times. But you know, I I think overall this was a good game for him to play in, and and I think a really good game for Lafreniere to play in because you know the Bruins and this style in which they play is is the closest thing to playoff hockey that these kids will see. And if they if they learn how to play and and kind of weather the storm and weather the shifts of, you know, Boston's physical play and and their dominance of that top line and and just kind of learn to counter, man, I mean, the sky's the limit for for these kids. I mean, I mean, I didn't think, you know, Lafreniere or Ke'Andre Miller was the reason we lost. I think we just flat out got beat by a better team. So I don't know if if you feel the same way. But uh, No, I, I absolutely feel the same way. Yeah. And like you said, uh, even though. You know, it's weird. I saw some people were very hung up on the fact that Georgiev got this start, and I, I didn't get that at all. Like, why? I don't really care about that. I mean, and then some people were saying, like, you know, we're bl- hanging in on on him, or like, why didn't why did he put Georgiev back in? Whether it was Igor or Georgiev, that goaltending was not the problem of the Rangers today. No, I mean, tweeted it out. Why the problem was that the Rangers, unlike the last game were not hard on the puck. They were letting Bruins players literally stand in their crease, taking away eyes, not contesting, not providing resistance, not trying to clear the sight lines. And literally, you know, how many, what, three of the three of the four goals, right? You just know, you know, either redirect in front and then two where he, I don't think he even saw it just because whether it was the one Igor gave up or the one, you know, that second, uh, uh, you know, the third Georgiev goal is just because you can't, you know, he didn't even see it because literally there's just a mass, a sea of bodies and he just picks a little spot because he, you know, because they're not doing anything. Strom is standing there. You know, Miller had a few, uh, you know, it was awareness issues. He got turned by beautiful shot by Carlo, by the way. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. much perfectly played. I don't know how. He, and I think Brian Boucher said it like, I don't you're not, you know, some people are complaining about the fact that your uh, didn't have that or that like they concussion. Uh, spotter should have pulled him earlier and that that's why but that's not why it's just that's literally a perfect shot miller is late to pick up a man streaking in the wing and then he gets turned by him he gets the inside track on him and does the whole outside in and then puts the puck far post which is tough to do but if you do it it's almost like it's so for a goaltender so hard because you're literally squaring up here and then you have to get over you know how many feet without giving up you know the the short side so it's tough so 
and like you said, Lafreniere, we get he gets his second consecutive point, and but for most of that game, I was you know he had some good turnovers here and there, but again, he's just not move. I don't think he's moving his feet enough. But the few times he did, I saw good things happen. And a nice thing about Lafreniere is that his stride is kind of you know he has that weird little con- self-contained stride where he looks like he can juke either way at either minute, and it makes it hard to track. And I saw a lot of times, you know, you'd see a guy like Butch or even Mika who leads with the puck so far out in front of them. How many times did we see a poke check, you know, take just to swat it off and then it was going the other way while those two are flying away from the play now because they lead the puck so far out in front of them. But Lafreniere has that thing where you don't really know if you can look stupid if you try to step up on him because he can quickly shimmy either left or right. He's got that little shake in his stride. So, yeah, and I saw him back off a few guys just when he was actually moving his feet. But and I think he's slowly realizing that, hence why he's kind of finally getting some rewarded for his hard work. But yeah, still a little too much, you know, standing around at key times, not trying to pinch things off. And I understand he wants to be like patient or try not to be out of place or whatever. You know, and listen, that's that'll come with time. Same thing with Kaka last year, who went from being one of our you know, worst analytics player and probably one of the worst off the puck to being like one of our best in terms of effort and getting into tracking pucks and, you know, stripping him back and takeaways. So yeah, it's, it'll come there. So it's tough but, to uh, judge him on the, on this type of game, because like I said, it's, it's the way the Boston Bruins played, played tonight, you know, or today, this afternoon. And, uh, you know, if you look, if you look at the two different games, right, the, the Rangers absolutely dominated the Boston Bruins last game. Uh, they just had more shots. They had more control in the offensive zone. They, you know, were able to sustain pressure for, you know, a, a longer period of time and, and create those second or first and second scoring chances. This, the Rangers really, I mean, they were never really a threat until the goal that they scored. I mean, even their power play was kind of pathetic. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you, Andy, is Zibanejad is the trigger, man. That that has to end right now. I mean, he he's not even getting, he's looking he's like not even Jack Johnson. Yet. No, He's shooting like Jack Johnson going into the yeah, corner. It's the one shot on the power play, you know, was so far wide that no one could even get to like where it hit off the boards. It left the zone. Yeah, it well, wasn't, wasn't even we've close. seen Quinn has already been limiting his minutes all of a sudden. Like he was, you know, I think they made it, he hadn't played, you know, five minutes between a shift. Uh, just because it's just he's like not he's going to get into the point where if he's not going, he's not going to play him. And it's just again, we just, you know, you I don't know. You just have to assume it's lingering because it just his decision making is worse. Uh, he looks slow. He so many times it's getting little things he used to do is he's just getting stripped and then he's just so slow to get back. Whereas before he was just alert and on his toes and I'm just not seeing it. And like you said, his accuracy, it's like I understand if it goes it hits the goalie in the chest, that's fine. But literally, it's he's posterizing both sides of the net. He just doesn't have the accuracy that he, you know, and the sharpness. So. Yeah, I mean, it's concerning, man. It's like, and listen, you, you know, if it is really just the ramp, the after effects of COVID, you, you feel you feel for the guy if it's like something like that or if he feels like he doesn't want to leave his team high and dry. But it's just, yeah, I just don't know. Is It's no matter what happens, even if he eventually like this year, he's just bad. But over time, after months, he just kind of gets better. And the next season, he's fine. It's like, I don't know. It's like it's hard to wash the stink of what's going on this season with him out of both i'm sure the 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 front office mouth and then the the fans perspective so uh but yeah it's just real alarming because you know as if he's not going to be going this season then the rangers are in trouble and i do want to maybe he wasn't 
so good this game, but I do have to give Ryan Strom a lot of credit. Without Panarin and with Mika being, he he has stepped up. He's been playing above his abilities, I think, uh, for the last few games. You know, today he was a little slow today, but I thought both against you know Washington, the Flyers, and that first Bruins game, I thought he was really good. And yeah, you know, like, lo, lo and behold, he had a three point game that last game versus them. No, not much of the Rangers were going their way tonight, but. Uh, you know, and I say this as we're this is dropping on Monday, we're recording on Sunday, but yeah, I do. I want to give him credit, but at the same time, it's just the fact that you know Kreider can be dominant and just it just shuts off, and he's a ghost again. And Buchnevich has been pretty has been lost for a little bit now. It's just the fact that it's only our bottom six go. Why Julian Gauthier is our most notable player, and that's such a problem, man. Him and Blackwell. Well, all right, let's get into that because Blackwell has been tremendous this, this whole season is this yeah. like is he a flash in the pan right now or is this kid like for real like because i feel I, like he's creating his own luck it's not like he's just getting lucky and as a product of who he's playing with he's creating a lot of the time and space that he gets with yeah. the puck and he's always in the right spots and he's doing a lot of stuff well you know, on his own to create these opportunities yeah well you remember when Giuseppe got called up last year and quinn instantly fell in love with his effort and he, he i think his first in his first like 12 games, I think he had like six points or you know seven points or something. And it was one of those things where you see the effort and you're like, oh man, is this kid just work so hard? Is he a Ryan Callahan type? Uh, but we've seen that that's not the case because Di Giuseppe, you know, the effort's always there and he's a good, good, good skater and he's got quick on his edges, but he just has no skill. Same thing with Howden, you know, those guys, right. it's, it's a bunch of monkeys, you know, running around in their own end trying to hump a football it just doesn't go anywhere um but yeah but like you said i think there is a difference with blackwell because you see a little bit of skill that goalie you know he's got some confidence with the puck which those other t- two don't have you know even go and gotier is different he's trying to figure it out and you see it he's like slowly like oh i can hang on to the puck here and i can do this and and you know i think as he gets more confident he will eventually can i think gotier can become a pretty good third line power winger but yeah i think blackwell's a little different i think he can be a middle six guy maybe not a, a high-end middle six guy but he's clearly skilled enough to do it he pushes the pace he doesn't en- he knows enough to be the guy heavy on the puck and then when to be the that late trailer or the shooting option he's got yeah he's got good instincts and i think that serves him well whereas you know i think howden and di giuseppe are, are too much just all effort you know what i mean no absolutely i totally agree with you you know i think what separates colin blackwell you know from those guys that are in our bottom six is that you know he's the one that is creating i mean if you if you watch a shift with you know you know howden and di giuseppe you know there there is effort but they're never really the ones that's going to create the scoring chance they're not the one where you're like oh wow that was a smart play by him driving the net or you know it's just like you know they they run around and it looks good sometimes, but they never really accomplish anything. Blackwell's almost the total opposite. You know, it's like when he's working hard, you know, it's because there's a scoring chance. Like you notice it. And, uh, you know, it's just he's kind of been, a you know, a breath of fresh air for the, you know, for Rangers, you know, and and the Ranger fans, because, you know, here's someone that, you know, is kind of came out of nowhere and has overachieved and it's exactly like what you needed in a season like this if you wanted to be successful long term now obviously we're plagued with you know our top six never being consistent enough and and now losing you know our best player to you know some you know bs story where he's going to be out a couple weeks to make sure his family's okay but 
you know, it's just like, you know, sitting here now, you know, watching that game against the Boston Bruins, you realize like how far we are, you know, in terms of, you know, being a playoff team and being a contender. It's just, it's so frustrating. And, you know, I wrote a blog, Andy, you know, the other day for the morning skate, kind of addressing, you know, the Rangers issues and, and some of the subjects we touched on, you know, the, our last podcast that, you know, we're really not going to get any answers until the summertime. Like, I, I truly believe that. Like, we're, we're going to kind of have to roll out this mediocre, you know, roster with our mediocre coach and, you know, play mediocre and, you know, inconsistent hockey all season long. and you know, hope, hope that there's changes in the off season because I don't see them changing things mid season. I, I think they, they want to see what they have in Quinn. They want to see what they have in some of these other guys. And, you know, you know, Andy, can you please like, let me give me something that I can like look forward to this season because I can't, what we just saw Friday and Sunday is not, is not what I want. Like that's just well, like, like okay. heartbreak. Well, um, Vitaly Kraftsov's team made the playoffs. So I believe that starts uh, short is it this week or next week? I think it starts this week. So, if if Tractor gets knocked out in the first round, uh, it is very possible we will see him pretty soon, which is cool. Okay, I think that's you, one of the things the Rangers. Do you think he plays? Want. Yeah, I think he plays this season for the Rangers. I mean, okay. unless his team goes the distance and wins the Gargaran Cup, uh, I forget when that's supposed to end. But I think we'll see him this season. Um, you know, I mean, another thing. I'm surprised Tarmo Reunanen, who has been ex- excellent in the AHL, mm-hmm. hasn't been called up yet. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, the Rangers have too many defensemen in the pipeline, but so be it. I mean, you know, if you, unless this is a secret, there's like a like a secret behind the scenes tank job going on, and they're just like screw it. Like Panarin's been out. We we got hit with COVID. You know, Heedle being out kills us. Uh, everything that's happened, Zabanajad just dealing with what he's dealing with maybe just it's a subtle not so secret way to or maybe you know very highly secretive way to like just get one more key player maybe they they really want Matthew Beniers I don't know but um yeah I mean like you said I think you're absolutely right they're not we're not going to see much resolution to what ails this team this season or in season it'll be nice hopefully we get to see what Tom Reunion could do hopefully we get to see Vitaly Kraftsoff come over uh, Nils Lungfist, I think, scored again. I think he, I think he might have the 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 record for goals in the Swedish Elite League by an under uh, twenty defenseman. But don't quote me on that. Or under twenty one defenseman, I should say, because he's just been so good. And the Rangers have a you know between K Andre and uh, yeah Nils Lungfist and Rayunen and Adam Fox and you know other players that. Uh, the Braden you Schneider. know, we have, yeah, Braden Schneider, Matthew Robertson. Like, the Rangers are going to have so many options. They're going to have a, pl- a plethora of options, you know, so you don't know who sticks, Zach Jones. It's just, but those guys aren't ready. Like, Heedle was finally looking like, okay, he can be our 2C this season. But, you know, I, I guess that was kind of put on pause because he only played a few games and he got hurt. So it's just, you don't really know. I think the, the Rangers are waiting for their players to age into those spots that you need to contend. But the problem is right now they've got literally their most, especially as they stand today with all the injuries, it's their most of their, (laughs) their bottom three lines are, are patch or patchwork guys that are probably most likely fourth liners on a good NHL team. And some of them probably not even NHLers like, you know, no offense to 
D. Giuseppe and hell, even Brendan Lemieux this season has done a whole lot. of I haven't seen a whole lot of hell out of him, you know? No, no. And honestly, this is, you know, he's had his moments at times, but if anything, you can, he's not a, is he, is Brendan Lemieux a guy who should be in your lineup every night? I can't say that with, with confidence. You know, he's a guy that I think he's great when you put him in. If he's going to really devote himself to pesting it up, I don't know if he tried to pull off the brakes because he was getting a little bit of a rep there. And I appreciated him fighting, you know, making uh, uh, Richie answer for falling on Guriev's head, you know, at the end of the game. But is that why he's there then? Like, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I just, there's a expansion draft looming. There's a whole lot of guys, you know, uh, dead weight on this team unfortunately but listen i and i've and the, and the sad thing is i think those guys despite if we're being honest with ourselves they're dead weight they have exceeded expectations you know maybe howden hasn't but the rest of those guys have really tried hard they they yeah they god bless them they can't they're not creative enough to create much offense when they're on the ice but they figure they figure it out and they pot some greasy goals at least you know, Brodzinski, I don't think is an NHL player from what I've seen in these little segments, but he tries hard and he got a good goal the other night by competing hard and just going right to the net, you know? Right. So, and I just, the fact that our, our supposed veteran top line players just forget that, you know, they'll do it one game, you know, Kreider looked again, looked like a world beater for a two or three game segment. And then they'll, they'll flip the switch off again and he just goes back to being pedestrian. It's just like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the same thing over and over again. So I do really think that if anything, maybe the, the, maybe the Rangers do want to see what it's like in a season where things aren't going right. Like who steps up, who, how does, how do these players conduct themselves? Cause I think that'll inform a lot. Do we want this guy with us going forward? If he's just only, is he, if, you know, if he's a guy that's only going to be good for us when, when things are going the right way, you know, who's the guy that, cause you saw the the Bruins were terrible the other night and then Bergeron, Pasternak and Marchand led the charge, especially Bergeron. You know, that's a captain, man. Like he was playing more physical than I've seen him play in a while. You know, he's a little, he's cross-checking guys in the back repeatedly. And he was just doing all the sneaky, dirty stuff that I'm not used to seeing him doing, but he was going to set the tone and he did and they did and they ran rough shot on the Rangers. So it's not a surprise. Right. And you, you, you know, you know, the Boston players, see you know, him doing it, you know, they're going to fall in line. They will follow suit, you know, and, you know, if you watch, um, you know, if you watch the New York Rangers, we really don't have that. We, I mean, we have guys that show a ton of effort, but, you know, Blackwell can't be leading the charge in terms of, of effort and, and scoring opportunities and, and, you know, setting the tone. We can't rely on Blackwell to be doing that. We can't rely on, you know, Capo Capo to, to do that. It, you know, it, it's got to come from, you know, Panarin, your Friders, your Zibanejads, your Stroms, and, and even, you know, Buchnevich now, you know, they're a vet, he's considered a veteran leader here. So, you know, those guys just struggle. They're so inconsistent. I, I, I would honestly say, though, you know, obviously Panarin's not in the picture right now, but out of Kreider, Zibanejad, Stroman, Buchnevich, I think Strom is, is by and far the clear front runner for who, who's played the best so far this season. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. I mean, uh, it's just been so disappointing for me. <laughs> I know it like sucks that like that's like the actual answer to the question. Yeah, especially because I mean, Strom was a question mark. You know, fans didn't even know we wanted him on our team. Now it's like we need him. Like, yeah. like wait, there's no other options right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think you know, and and I, in fairness, I think what fans' problems have always been with Strom is that because he is a not uh, he ha he's 
he has top six offensive p- potential, but he's his defensive play isn't been good. Although I I, I will say his, I think he has been better defensively this season. He hasn't been great, but I don't think he's being deployed as defensively as defensively, which helps him. And at the same time, it's just yeah, because obviously you're with Panarin and you're like, is you know that that's just going to make him demand more money or he's going to yeah it's going to make him earn more money but i'll say this without you know he he was playing him and panarin have been good again once they you know everyone got off to a slow start but then him and panarin got going and panarin goes out and he elevates his game and like i said this was probably you know not he was fine today he didn't do wasn't able to get much going but he was trying he was doing what he's been doing he's he is what he is but yeah he was good for the rangers those the, the four games between this especially since panarin has been gone he's been good so yeah, I mean, he's he's d- trying and I I I honestly think that endears him a bit to this organization. So who knows? I mean, his numbers aren't going to be what they were um last season even with prorated for a full schedule. You know, I guess same with Panarin with the missing time, but you do wonder if it's like maybe they do think he can still be on this team as an option as a, you know, maybe a third line center if he if he's w- wants the security and he's willing to take you know, they they don't overpay him, you know, God willing. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's at least he's stepped up. I've seen him step up and he's clearly liked in the room. So, yeah, and, and he's our he's our best center right now. Like, yeah, say what you want about him. He's our best center on this hockey team. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah, we honor the past, find the positives in the present, I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings. And I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context. For Jeff Lashaw, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Eiserman And play Be the GM. this Rangers team is patchwork and that's the problem. You're waiting for a lot of these guys to mature into the spots that you, they're currently penciled in and it just hasn't, the Rangers haven't had, and you know, when they were at full peak of their powers, technically on paper, it was like, yeah, they were just, the whole team was unset getting used to this new defensive system and how to play. But you know, yes, they gave up uh, three, three goals tonight and then an empty netter. So I don't really count that, but, defensively they've been one of the better teams this season so i can't it's yeah i you know it's just i think it just kind of is what it is which stinks and it's unfortunate it's not something you can quickly fix i do wonder if you get them playing this way with panarin and a kako and truba back to 
play with Miller and Heedle back from injury. Well, hopefully he'll be ready soon. Hopefully he's ready for the, the game against the Sabres. But um, yeah, you just kind of wonder, can they finally start making things happen or getting some traction, you know, putting some road under them? And looking at the standings, I don't know if it's a little bit too late for what, you know, the Rangers will be at uh, with 19 games played. They'll have, have 17 points, you know, and uh, I think uh, right ahead of them is uh, well, right behind them is the Devils who have played have 16 points, but they've played two less games. They're going to play. They're playing right now, I believe. Right. Or they're playing tonight. Yeah. Devils so. are playing at 3 p.m. So they just okay. started. OK. So, yeah, we don't know how that game's going to work out. But and then in front of them are Pittsburgh, who's played 19 games. but They already have 23 points. So they have a, you know, a six point lead on the range, which, you know, it's three wins, three games. It's possible. And you play each other. You know what I mean? It's easy yeah. to close the gap when you're, you're the, constantly the problem against. is, though, I feel like the Rangers either they're, you know, after earlier in the season, I feel like the Rangers just don't all these other teams are going. I see all these games going to OT in our division and it's killing me. Yeah. I'm like, you know, they're and the Rangers can't do that. They can they can either put their best effort and blow teams out if they want to or they're going to just lose and not. They can't. Yeah, I haven't seen them. They haven't had a comeback really this season unless I'm forgetting. I haven't seen any miraculous, uh, you know. No, no, there's there's no there's no, uh, you know, we're in the reverse retro. There's no reverse Ranger game either, like where they're down by one or two and they claw back in the third period, tie it and then win it in overtime. We, we don't do that. Only other we only allow teams to do that to us. Yeah. Um, but if you look, you know, at our schedule, we have, uh, you know, Buffalo. On Tuesday, Devils on Thursday, Devils on Saturday, and then Pittsburgh on Sunday and Tuesday for the following week. I mean, those are five winnable games against teams that, you know, I, I, I truly don't be, you know, believe in. I mean, Buffalo is obviously a bottom feeder team. The New Jersey Devils, I, you know, they're, they're sort of like us where, you know, they look great one game and then they look, you know, awful the next. Uh, very inconsistent, but still a team that is very dangerous with a very good goalie and and can certainly steal games from you and, and are not, you know, not afraid to play a physical game either. So, you know, always a tough matchup. And then you got the Pittsburgh Penguins who, you know, if you get the puck deep on them and, you know, you're forced their defense to play with the puck and make decisions, I really think they're a vulnerable team. And the Rangers could, you know, if, you know, God willing, we get some bodies back like Kako and, and, um, and, uh, Heedle by that point you know, maybe we can steal four points and, and put ourselves right back in, in contention for a playoff spot. So these next five games are critical, you know, before we have to go, you know, to Boston and play them again back to back. So, but I did want to ask you a question because you brought up uh, off and Reunion, uh, which is a tough, I have like, a, I think I have like, like a, a big tongue. So <laughs> Reunion is a tough word for me to say. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll call him Rui or something like that. Uh, you know, with those players, you know, if, if we were to call someone, someone up like from the AHL or bring crafts up over from the KHL, what, what does that do to our roster and taxi squad? Do you know the answer to that? Like, are we going to have to put someone on waivers to clear and, and who do you think those players are? Because right now it's like our bottom six kind of need them because, you know, as much as they're, you know, all over our, our, uh, depth chart, they're the ones kind of stepping up. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually not sure if it's just if the taxi squad is designated to you have designated slots for D and fours or if it's just if it's just uh I yeah, I think it's if it's just um 
like just a certain number of slots, no matter who, what position they play, they should be fine. You can put a Brodzinski. I think he's not waiver eligible to get sent down. So it doesn't really matter, especially if guys are coming back. But if it is that, then yeah, that might be tricky because right now Boteto's not playing, you know, Jack Johnson. Not that I think anyone's going to take Jack Johnson off waivers if that was the case. No, no, no. But yeah, but no, I'm actually, to be totally honest, I'm not quite sure. But I believe if as long as it's you can just have a designated number of players, period, then I don't think it should be uh, an issue. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't an issue because if it was, then I could see that being the reason why. Maybe the Rangers are hesitant to call him up. And, and, you know, I feel like they have a little bit of cap room, especially now that Truba's on uh, like a IR. Yeah. Yeah. an IR. So it kind of opens up a little bit of average cap space uh, per game or something. Well, know. you've seen you've been seeing the Rangers have been making little moves to save money with, you know, taxi squad, uh, tr- you know, transactions. Guys getting moved, Kako getting moved up. Anyone who's eligible has been moved up and been put on and taken off just to bank dead cap space, you know? Yeah. Um, it, yeah, but we saw Tarmo was put on the other day. So I was curious as like, where are we going to see him sooner rather than later? Is that just to make sure if they need to call him up, if someone else goes down, he's ready. So you do wonder, he's probably the next man up. Although Potato, I think Potato's healthy. He's just not playing. Although he did, I think the last time we saw him, he did. Uh, I think he did in that game. He did. He was like wincing a little bit, or I thought something happened with his leg. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I would like to see what Tarma has because he's been great in the AHL. He's a nice. His, his passing has been sublime, and he clear. I think his offensive thinking of the game has been really good. So he's clearly. I think he's right now. It seems like he's definitely. I wouldn't say too good for the AHL, but it seems like it, it hasn't posed him any problem. So you, yeah, you're curious to see what he can do in the in the NHL. Yeah, so, you know, looking at, you know, Kraftsoff obviously coming over here would be super exciting. Uh, it's a player that I feel like fans have just been waiting for ever since we drafted him. And, you know, this year, you know, is probably the year to, to see what he has at the NHL level. I mean, why not? I mean, you're, you're, the risk to reward, I feel like, is totally worth it, you know, bringing him in and, and plugging him into this roster. You know, if, if you're, you know, David Quinn, right, and you get the call from Gorton that, you know, Kraftsoff is on his way over, you know, you know, you're penciling him in. Where, where would you like to see him and who do you think he should be playing with, you know, to kind of help him get going here in the NHL? Oh, who? I'll think I'll. Hmm. That's good because that's the he, problem. Giving right? Heedle is back, too. Yes. OK. Um, You know. I I can't on that right side because you know you want to ease him in. I think he should be most likely play on the third line. So you would have to imagine on the right side, Buchnevich and uh, Kako remain ahead of him. Um, that so yeah. I mean, I do wonder if, uh, hmm, yeah. I mean. Because it's trying to, I'm trying to think. Because you know, Kravtsov is a pretty cerebral, you know, cagey uh, type player. Although we've seen he's really improved his ability to score and close to the net from where most of his goals have come this season. But yeah, he needs. I think he his game is most primarily that you know sneaky catch and shoot. He's not. You know, I don't know how his puck possession off the wall is going to play. I think he needs a, someone to play with who's a little bit. I think Gauthier could actually be good with him if he's. You know, is if he's cool just staying on that left side, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think a, I think a Gauthier Heedle Kraftsoft line could actually be sneaky good. 
I think, because the good news is you have Goche and Heedle to do most of the muckraker work. Uh, all three of them can absolutely, all four of them, or excuse me, four of them, all three of them can absolutely fly with the puck up the ice. You know what I mean? They're both all very good skaters. So, yeah, although I, but at the same time, it's like all I've wanted to see this year is a Heedle, uh, Lafreniere, Kako line, you know? Yeah, I want to see that as well. So I have a lot of things, but I mean, that's a good thing is that if, if it gets to a point where the season's kind of out of hand, then just experiment, baby. See what, see what you got, you know, like if you're so worried about, Oh, you know, this guy has to Kreider has to be, uh, cause yeah, I, I you know, we saw KZB make a, a, a little, you know, Kreider has been kind of separate from Mika for a little bit now, although they keep trying to put them back together to see if it gets them going. It just hasn't, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's tough, but I I would like to see some experimenting. But I would I think I could seeing him with Heedle and uh, Goche could be interesting. You know, I I don't know what Blackwell can play on that other other side because I think Blackwell would be a good player as it stands today. You know, if, if again if he's not comfortable playing on his opposite wing or well, it's cr- it's kind of it's kind of wild because you know if you look at our roster right now, I know Blackwell's you know slotted as a, a centerman, but you know we get Heedle back, I feel like that changes the whole dynamic of our hockey team because it really allows, you know, it's almost like you'd rather push players down to play with Heedle than to push them up and play with Zibanejad right now. Isn't that crazy? Like, like the fact that like that's even consideration in my head right now is, is, is beyond me. Like, I feel like we're getting our number two center back on our hockey team once Heedle gets back. Because right, as far as I'm concerned, Zibanejad is really not helping anybody, uh, get going and in fact i i almost think it would probably benefit zibanejad playing like the wing on the fourth line just to just to you know send a message and and maybe get going and just be a hard working fourth line guy for for a game or two i, I don't know but you know getting hedel back would be huge i do you're right i kind of do want to see the Kako lafreniere centered by hedel um but i also think you know if you did a a you know, maybe a, a Lafreniere, you know, being a, a guy, you know, passing him the puck and you know, perhaps up on the right and, and Heedle, Heedle centering and keep Kako up with uh, Strom and, you know, when Panarin gets back, keep those three together. And then obviously Zibanejad, Kreider and, and uh, Buchnevich as, you know, our quote unquote first line. I think that would, uh, you know, be pretty good. And then, you know, given our fourth line being Blackwell, I guess, I don't know, DiGiuseppe and Howden, Rooney, whatever you want to put, uh, Julian Gauthier, whatever you want to put down there. So, you know, I definitely would probably slot Kraft off as a third line because fourth line, I don't know if that's really going to help him. Especially no, I mean, listen, Brett Howden is where offense goes to die. You cannot put <laughs> Vitaly Krafts off with Brett Howden, you know. I'm, I'm, right. I, listen, I know I, I beat up on this kid all the time. Although I was pretty, I like, I like the effort. It's just, you know, now he's just literally that's it he's a he can run around and maybe cause a little bit of chaos but it doesn't lead to anything and at least he's trying to keep it in their zone so i appreciate that but it's just yeah it's not enough so i don't know if he's gonna yeah, i bet you he's really good in practice andy like i bet you oh, he's one of those yeah, guys that pro- rips up practice and yes and, and like coach is like man if we can just we can just I, get him to translate that to a game, man. He, he'd be a player. And it's like, yeah. don't you get I know, it? I, I know I, I texted this to you, but this is something I saw someone on social media say, and it made me laugh. It was uh, <laughs> about, about Howden. Was, Brett Howden is the longest, most intense Garden of Dreams one-day contract I've ever seen. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's, it's true. He looks like he's a, a, 
like a child, like he took a child, like sh- you see the movie Shazam. Yes, it's like that. It's like a child did Shazam. He's like, you're a hockey player now. He's like, all right. And he like just runs around and does a whole lot of nothing for no reason. But I mean, listen, again, though, at least he tried. It's and that's the thing, though. I, I know Cl- uh, Quinn is such a an effort guy, supposedly, although I haven't. It's weird how it's only selectively applies to people. Um, but yeah, it's again, it's just I just can't believe that our a lot of our veterans are just going through these they see what like it, the nights where it's not going and they see that how hard the bottom six is working but again they don't have a lot of skill so they at least they hem in and they cycle and they're and then they just they can't follow suit they don't do the same thing and it's just it's really wild to me you know so yeah. Dude, I, I mean yeah no i mean don't i mean if you look i mean andy look at our roster right now we have i think honestly if we look at our forwards oh, i'm gonna I know this is bad, bad podcasting. I th- I think we only had one, two, three. I think we only had five of our forwards be- making more than a million dollars on the ice today. Wow. We had less than two lines making more than a million dollars. I mean, what what does that say about like our chances of winning? It's like these guys are not, like you said earlier, this is patchwork. This is not putting together an NHL roster right now. And I know we have some guys hurt, but, you know, even. I mean, even if you look at Heedle, I mean, he's not making much money. And, you know, obviously we're certainly missing Truba, you know, especially in a physical game like today where you really could have used his, you know, physicality. I know he's not, you know, maybe the best decision maker with, you know, with the puck this season. But, man, oh, man, any anything would be better than Johnson. And Johnson gave up a 2-1-0 today. A stopping the puck in the gray zone on the blue line with zero momentum heading backwards with two guys coming at you. And he stops the puck like in the zone, like basically giving the guy, the team, you know, just a, a gateway to just go with it. It's just, it's unbelievable. And I, I don't even know, Andy, I, I don't know if I can be critical of this team because the roster stinks, but you know, it, we lost four, one to the Boston Bruins. We played them twice with a, a putrid roster and we, and we were able to win a game and win a game convincingly, you know, not, not just like win it. We won that game. So yeah. And, you know, like you said, we're going to have to take the, I think we're going to have to take the little victories when they come. I'm definitely happy to see Lafreniere. Hopefully this is what gets him going. Uh, and yeah, to his credit, Quinn recognizes when he's got that, that gallop in his step and is trying him with different lines. And it looks like he's having more success away from Mika, you know, with other lines. Yeah. You know, him and Strom, like, honestly, I'd keep him with Strom till Panarin comes back. You know, I, I don't know once Heedle gets here if that changes thing, but Strom is smart and he can play with him. But I do wonder if, if a, I can't believe I'm going to say this. What if, if you have a, maybe you KZB is one of your lines right now and then your other one can be, uh, and this is granted if Kako's not ready to come back, but then you could have a Blackwell, Strom, Lafreniere line. I think that could do, that could make it something happen, right? Until they're ready. Yeah. Although the problem is then you, you lose, uh, you want your bottom six to be as effective too. And if you remove Blackwell, does that create a void there? You know, so I don't know. It's tough right now. Like you said, this is this roster on paper is ugly and they need bodies. They need people to get healthy, you know, quick. Well, you know, obviously, you know, to, you know, today and, and, and Friday, we had to play the Boston Bruins. So it's, it's never easy to throw out a roster that you think can be competitive against the Boston Bruins. 
But now we play the worst team in our division, right? Buffalo. And then we play, you know, a team who obviously has played less games because of COVID, but is still below us in the standings against the New Jersey Devils. So you have the next three games against teams that, you know, are right even with you and a team, you know, two teams that you really have to beat up this season if you want to be considered for the playoffs. So, you know, hopefully Hedl gets back. You know, if he's not again, if he's not back against Buffalo, you, you think for sure he'd be back Thursday against the Devils because he is practicing. Yeah, I think, I think, I, you know, I, I think Quinn actually spoke about, about that. Hold on. I think I had it right here. Again, bad podcasting, but uh, we just, the game just finished. So we had less time to really get going here. So let's see. Yeah. Heedle. Um, David Quinn. Uh, yeah, it seems unclear. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, clearly, but he, I, th- I think he said he was close. He's been, pr- like you said, he's been practicing. He's been on the ice. Uh, so, but yeah, and this is also, we're hoping that Heedle, who was off to a red hot start, doesn't come back and he's, you know, kind of slowed down because he, A, pr- had COVID <laughs> during this injury and B, he, he, yeah, it's an injury. So, uh, you don't know what type of player you're getting back. Will he be at a hundred percent and just rip roaring to pick up where he left law left off? Or is he going to be a little bit slow to get back into it? Or you just don't know, you know? Right. But they need that, you know, they need the, the boost from him in the worst possible way. Yeah, and, you know, coming against, you know, the next two teams that you're playing against, next three games, Buffalo, Devils, Devils. I, you know, the Rangers really, if they want to be in contention, this is a, another week of hockey that the Rangers need points. And they, I, I think they need five of six here. I know that's, you know, very greedy and expecting a lot from them, but there's no reason why, you know, they can't, you know, win two of these games and, and take another into overtime. You know, it, it's, it, again, this is a team that is desperate for points. and. You know, I don't think people thought they would struggle and have so many injuries so far this season, but they definitely need to get going. They need some sort of momentum. I feel like every time we we get going and we gain some traction, we we hit a you know some black ice mm-hmm. and we go sliding and and have to recover again. So, uh, you know, Andy, what do you expect? Obviously, you know, your dreams came true and got two out of four points against the Boston Bruins. The, this week of hockey coming up, you know, when we're back again, mm-hmm. you know, I guess for a podcast Thursday. How many points do you want against, uh, you know, the Sabres, Devils, and Devils? Uh, well, I, you know, it'd be nice to win them all. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, the, the right now, I I'm curious to see how the Devils perform today. Uh, I'm curious to also see the Bruins play tonight. How they're going to fare because they are in the funk of all funks. Excuse me, the Sabres. Um, I mean, if I'm being realistic, I want four points you know i want four points i don't care if you have to go go to overtime in one of those games and give give the one of those teams a point but you know uh i think anything less than four you know i mean if if Kittle's tech is really back and you get kako back for one of those games then yeah i don't know i i because that as it stands right now without trubin without panarin it's yeah and we're just where this team is at it's uh they're definitely in the mix for one of the worst teams in the league. But, and if this is what we're going to have from Mika, that's the problem. I think if Mika was going, that would change everything about how I feel about this team, what their potential is. You know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah, but, but if right you now, don't, they don't have a first line center. So, no, right now, Andy, you have to assume that Mika is going to put forth the same amount of effort and, you know, tenacity that, you know, he's been playing with all season. Like, you cannot assume that he's just going to click it and, 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 you know, go into first gear. 
and be ready to go, you know? Like, he, or, or sorry, it should be first gear. He is in first gear. I, he needs to be in fifth yeah. gear. I, I think it goes down like this. I think the Rangers beat the Sabres at home on mm-hmm. Tuesday. I actually think they, they beat the Devils on the road uh, on Thursday, but then they lose the Saturday matinee game to them. Okay. I think they're going to win their next two and then lose. I think they're going to win two and then lose two. It just kind of feels like that to me. Well, I mean, that would be spot on of way exactly how this season's pretty much going right now. So, yeah. um, okay. I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything else to talk about? I, I mean, I feel like, you know, right now with like, given our roster and given like the news that, you know, that we, uh, have gotten with, you know, Panarin and, and, and obviously the injuries of Truba and Heedle. It's like, it's tough to really, you know, I don't know, make projections, get excited. You know, right now you just kind of, we're in the middle, in the midst of a season, injury ridden, struggling to win games, struggling to play consistent hockey. You know, do you have anything else that you really want to cover before, you know, we get into, you know, uh, the, the tough hitting question that I have? Um, no, like you said, it's just their storylines are, few and far between right now it's always the same it's you know what you know bad the rangers are having such bad luck uh can they get by without you know x y and z players uh when will x y and z players be back and even then can they not shoot themselves in the foot and rack up some games and is it too late at this point so we we've been talking about that to death let's move on to other things and you know hopefully we'll have more to talk more positive things to talk about next time we podcast Okay. Well, I have a tough hitting question for you, Andy, because I, you know, obviously we are, we are a New York Rangers podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. for the end for the NHL, but there is a women's hockey league, the NWHL. And I want to, you know, I I want you Mm -hmm. to make a stand right here, right now and tell me what team this podcast is rooting for, for because there's two in contention. Yes. Right, we, I was you know just the Metropolitan talking. Riveters and the Connecticut Whale. You know, I feel like we need to align with a team. You yeah. know, we obviously we support the league and you know hope they have you know you know all the success in the world. But we always we need to root for a team within the league to pull for you know more than the others. Obviously, I was just talking to my wife about this because she asked. She's like, "Are you know are we a Riveters family or are we a Connecticut Whale family?" Because technically, the Rangers, I think. They, you know, obviously they support that league in general, but I think they've tied their, like the Devils, I think uh, because the Riveters actually, they play at, at JW Barnabas, like the, the Devils practice rank, right? So yeah. I think they're, you know, and they're also the Riveters jersey is red or is it red this season or is it, is it blue? It was it's red blue, last year. It's their, their primary color seems to be navy. Oh, okay. But still, I think they, they work in close conjunction with the Devils considering they're like they're their landlords, you know what I mean? Uh, and I know that the Rangers have done the same thing with the Connecticut whale, where it's like during the bubble, they were like, they sent the Connecticut whale, you know, cutouts of the Rangers to sit in the stands. So, but just, I, we're, I've always been a, a Metropolitan Riveters fan, um, just cause it was close. Uh, you know, early on they were playing on Long Island and then they moved and it's still closer for me to go watch them there than wherever they're. They're playing in in Connecticut. I don't even know where. Somewhere in Hartford, I assume. Uh, or uh, Danbury, I believe. Oh, Danbury. Yeah. So very nice. Uh, arena we're party. we're a Metropolitan Rivers podcast. That how can you not be that logo and that jersey is is so tight. It's amazing. 
It's well, like, all right, oh, I, oh. I, no, I, I, listen, I got to interrupt you here because I, oh. I don't think we are a metropolitan really? podcast. Okay. Well, here's what I wanted. This is what my ideal situation would all be right. when it comes to the NWHL and how we pledge our, our, you know, our allegiance to. Okay. You can be the Metropolitan Riveters. That's what I had in my head. All right. You just seemed like a Riveters guy. You were drawn to the jersey uh, a little bit more than I was. Uh, you know, you know, it just you just from the start always seemed to lean towards the Metropolitan Riveters. Right. This is true. You can have them. You can have them. I'm a Connecticut okay. whale. All right. I'm pledging oh. my allegiance to the Connecticut whale. They're my team. Wow. You can have the Metropolitan Riveters. And we're just going to have a little bit of rivalry through the podcast. Uh, you know, when these teams play each other. And, like you know, and, and so be it. So, you know, we both we both are, you know, obviously NWHL supporters and we want to support the teams. But, you know, I'm pledging my allegiance to Connecticut Whale. You can have the Riveters. And, you know, again, I, it's just it, something draws me to the Connecticut Whale. I don't know if it's the experiment that the Rangers had with the AHL team being called the Connecticut Whale. I mean, and then they went back to the Wolfpack. Uh, maybe it's that that drove drove me to it, but you know the colors, obviously Hartford, um, looking jerseys, um, in terms of the color scheme. But you know, again, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of set it up so that we are going to be rivals within the w- NWHL. Yeah, it's <laughs> it'll be fun, obviously. Um, right now, play is suspended, as you remember, they had the bubble, but then right before uh the playoffs or the bubble playoffs were to begin they just it was tenuous so a bunch of those teams pulled out uh so yeah i'm not quite sure when we'll see nwhl action again um but the good news is uh just i'll just mention this really quickly is that i mean it doesn't no good but we'll be tweeting it as we record tonight the the pro women uh the phwpa the Pro Women Hockey Players Association is putting on a uh, game, uh, exhibition game at the Garden tonight, featuring yep. you know players from, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just some of the best female players in the world. Especially, you'll see a lot of the, uh, you know, the you'll face you'll recognize from the U.S. Uh, women's Olympic team, Hillary Knight, obviously, uh, Amanda Kessel. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll be tweeting it. I mean, again, I. <laughs> It's I always when we're recording, but I have to tell myself this doesn't come out. People aren't listening to this in real time. They're listening to tomorrow, Andy, you idiot. So, (laughs) well, you'll see it on our Twitter. But yeah, I don't know if they'll keep the stream up because it's going to air on uh, the NHL network. And I believe in the States, I believe Sportsnet in Canada. And I assume it'll be online. But yeah, that'll be really fun to watch. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for having a little rivalry, you know, you know, especially when these teams get back up and running again. Maybe you and I can have a wager of some sort. Absolutely. You know, maybe uh, have a, a jersey or, you know, a jersey waiver. So we'll figure it out. A hundred percent. You know, yeah, that would definitely that's, you know, obviously great. And also, too, you know, when they do get going, I believe I read that a lot of their games are going to be streamed on Twitch. which I Yeah, they, was, they've been and it's been uh, been really yeah. good, which is another thing that really annoys me is that, you know, with probably not yeah, not as much resources as an NHL team. Why? they can put such awesome games on Twitch when, you know, during Rangers training camp, we're literally can't see anything <laughs> again. You or, know what I mean? Like, or one of the, you know, I don't know, you know, the, one of the most biggest prospect tournaments, you know, uh, you know, during the preseason, essentially, you know, before the season starts, 
you know, we can't even watch that because it's it's done by basically a camcorder in, in the corner of a, a of a facility uh, being, you know, grainy live feed, uh, you know, to some random website is how we have to watch the game. Like it's it's ridiculous that, you know, you know, obviously with these streaming services like, you know, uh, Twitch and, and Facebook Live and, and Twitter, you know, uh, has theirs and uh, forget what, what it is. Does Twitter still have um, Periscope uh, Periscope? Or is that? I is thought they're shutting down. Maybe I they have already. Too, yeah, yeah. But but you know, yeah. with, with this day and age, like there's no reason these games aren't live streamed on these, you know, you know, streaming services. Essentially, you can do it for free. You're absolutely right. I don't understand it. Um, it is what it is. But it's yeah. I mean, to get get back the NWHL streams on Twitch were excellent. So yeah, no, I don't know what the good. excuse of some NHL teams are, especially if they could pool their resources. People want to see this. Um, but no, I mean, it's absolutely excellent. And it's, yeah, that's the thing is that if you have a good, if the product looks good enough to watch and it doesn't look like it was filmed on a potato, people are people will watch it, you know? And that's the other thing we were talking, we had a podcast where it's like live barn quality. I could watch my friend play, you know, shitty beer league hockey better than I can watch, you know, some, some NHL prospects and, you know, but uh, yeah, the Twitch stream has been excellent. And, you know, I just, seeing especially with the emergence of the phwpa that it's the production and the backing has gotten better and better so yeah it's it's a lot of fun so uh like i said we'll be tweeting some stuff relevant stuff out uh depending on who's in control of our twitter account at a certain time you'll probably see a lot of uh whale and riveters content but yeah also phwpa stuff and and yeah obviously it's really exciting that you get to see some of these players at uh, Madison Square Garden because what a stage that is. And, uh, you know, especially having fans in the building, I assume that it was open to the, the public, you know, especially considering now that you can have fans back in the building. But yeah, I'm not, uh, totally I'm not sure, sure because the game was set up prior yeah, before to, that. So I don't yeah. know if they had that that in place. But regardless, the fact that it'll be on uh, national television is awesome. Or not right. national television, but on the on the NHL network and in Sportsnet, there'll be national television. So. Yeah, that's uh, really exciting, and I actually just ordered my PHWPA uh, hoodie today because the PHWPA shop is up, and a nice Heather Gray, and if you saw the Rangers players in support, we're all wearing them before the game, so uh, they're dope looking. Yeah, no, very nice. I know uh, Keandre had his on, and he looked looked like a male model walking through. I mean, shit. If uh, you know, he's 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 done taking care of the Rangers' defense, and <laughs> you know, he definitely has a career in modeling because he was rocking that hoodie. Yeah. Like he he's gonna cl- he's gonna clean up once this pandemic is over. I mean, oh. I don't know what I don't. I'm sure he's he he might uh, be in a committed relationship or something. But a kid that that uh, you know, that jawline, you know, that the height, the uh, the cool hair like the confidence walking around New York city, he's just going to clean up. So, uh, I mean, it's like him. I feel like, you know, if you look, you know, if you look at the New York sports teams, it's like, we, we haven't had, like, there hasn't been a Derek Jeter in a while. You know, the yeah. Knicks don't really have that, you know, go-to guy, you know, the Rangers still don't have that go-to guy. They lost Lundquist, you know, oh God, like I, at Lafreniere, as much as I love him, he just, I don't think he's going to be ever be the face of the New York Rangers. You know, it just doesn't. But Keandre has that like swagger to him, you know? Yeah. I, f- I feel like he could be that guy. He, he, he the jawline, the, the, his look his you know, the fact that he's like six foot four, um, very, you know, even, even look at judge on the Yankees. I feel like he's, you know, now become like almost like the face of that franchise. Yeah. 
um, you know, very polarizing and just, you know, you know, you know, I just, it's great. You know, it's great that the Rangers got him. Yeah. Hey, how about the New York Knicks? Speaking of that, huh? Well, 500. The oh fans were, were losing their minds outside of the garden last night. <laughs> that just well, shows you how bad, how bad they've been that the fact that they finally made it to 500 and, and fans, 2000 fans that were in the streets, literally like dancing and singing. <laughs> Well, all right. So this is I had a, this conversation with a few of my friends and I know that we're, you know, a hockey podcast, but, you know, I'm not afraid to talk a little New York Knicks basketball and basketball in general because it's, it's something yeah. I haven't really paid attention to. But I yeah. have one. The New York Knicks are, are 500. They could be a fourth seed in the playoffs and have home court advantage being a 500 basketball team. Is that I mean, can we talk about the NBA having absolutely no parity at all. No, there is no pair, and they. I. Th- I don't think they want it to be honest. I, they love super teams. They love stacking. Oh yeah, the de- yeah. So it's, and I and I mean, but that's the thing. It's uh, you know, I feel like with with the NHL, your head kind of gets wrapped around. You know, the shit every year. Just you, your goaltender can be have just a bad year, so your team is horrible, even though you were a contender the year before. Whereas, yeah, I mean the the N- the NBA is almost like. You know, well, you that same thing can happen, but it happens because literally, you know, your two superstars that were slumming it on your team, whether they were drafted or homegrown talent, just want to take their, you know, eat, whether you have success or not, they like want to either a bigger market to shine in or they want to team up with with this guy and and you know, because then they can really go all the way or just whatever you know get secure that heavy contract. But yeah, no, I mean. That's the thing is that the NBA is one of those things where it's you have clear because and that's the thing, though. It's the funny thing, though, is that it's like because you assume that a team like the Knicks on paper because you're like, oh, New York City, you know, one of the more prestigious in air quotes uh, franchise in the NBA. But like, you know, no one wants to go. No one. Well, until recently, no one has wanted to go there because it's been it's a cursed franchise. You know what I mean? So. The fact that they're finally playing good, you know, Derrick Rose comes back and he has familiarity with Tom Thibodeau and Julius Randle's playing like an all-star after having such a rough season. But, you know, he always always had promise when he was with the Lakers and Barrett's figuring it out and Mitchell Robinson's hurt, but he's figuring it out and topping at least and obviously quickly was like the steal of the draft. So it's just, yeah, it's a team that, you know, Leon Rose came in and he really built that team the right way. Like almost like the he approached it like Noah. Every everyone else who had come in to kind of run that team has been running it like it's a franchise, despite the fact that they haven't had you know the success to or the 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 allure that it once had. So he comes in and almost runs it like a cap strapped uh, expansion team. He still builds through the draft and he still you know makes shrewd signings and to get flip guys later or you know keep guys on as good role players and it's working so it's a lot of, you know it's definitely fun to see but no the nba is yeah there's no parity at all it's basically you know you're you're either in or you're shit out of luck and you have to ride it out and, and it only gets worse because once uh it's aware it's not working you know <laughs> people start jumping off the ship yeah, I mean, look at the Houston Rockets. I mean, there's a team that was, you know, are, are they destined to win, you know, take down LeBron, and then, now nah, falls apart, and now they're, I guess, nothing now. Um, but yeah, so, you know, obviously, you know, looking at the Rangers right now, you know, just like the NBA, there really doesn't seem to be much parity with the Rangers. You know, we're very top-heavy. You know, we have our Panarins, we have our Foxes, and, uh, you know, and right now we're just kind of, you know, trying to build around some of the pieces that we definitely have and it makes it that much harder when our 
pieces that were supposed to be the stable, you know, structure, the, the stable, you know, stabilizing pieces, essentially, was what I'm trying to say. I don't know why it, it's so difficult for those words to come out. But, you know, when they're playing as inconsistent as they are right now, it just makes it that much more difficult and just leaves so many more, you know, unneeded question marks surrounding this team. Uh, you know, it, it just makes it tough. It, it makes it tough covering this team. It makes it tough being a fan. And and I know I'm sure right now it's, it's a tough place to be in that locker room, um, you know, with the, the roller coaster ride that they're going through this season. Yeah. And it's, you know, you kind of alluded to it up top that, and especially during the game, you know, saying that it's going to, it's, this is going to be a tough season for this team. And I don't think they make the playoffs, but I do think there is value in it being a difficult season for them. Well, be there, be, whether it being, because most teams that are in that position are waiting to, they're doing so to accrue the assets. And I don't even want to, it doesn't feel like this team is underperforming. Obviously, there are players that are underperforming, but when you look at the reality of what their roster construction is, they're not exactly underperforming given, you know, the amount of times they've been shorthanded or without notable players and this and that. So if anything, you know, I think it's good because they can learn something for it, from it, but then also put into practice almost immediately or take another big step uh next season or hell even the latter half of this season because it's like yeah it's they've already acquired i think some of the 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 assets they need i don't you know i just think unfortunately that a lot of them they're waiting for them to establish themselves and mature a little bit more or some are waiting in the wings to come over from overseas and but yeah they're they're in the system and they're you know they're you know we assume we'll see a nils lungfist uh compete for a spot in camp next year we assume that a Matthew Robertson or a um, Braden Schneider might compete for a spot in Hartford, which who knows, maybe they can surprise and maybe work their, get themselves up to a cup of coffee or yeah. And same thing goes for uh, Lori Pahinyemi. Maybe we can have our own Victor Olofsson type guy waiting in the wings. We just don't know. You know, it's, you're, you're waiting to see with a lot of these guys. It's just, they're not this, the, it's almost like we're not ready for those guys yet. If the, as, as much as they're, they might not be ready for the, ra- uh, the Rangers, the Rangers aren't ready for them yet, but they will be. So, uh, yeah, just kind of this season is really thrown everyone for a loop after some of the highs we had last year. But, you know, with the wake up moment, that was the bubble for this Rangers team. I do think that the way they have tried to change how they've played has been commendable. They're definitely better defensively. I definitely think they, they're much tighter they can be a much tighter checking team when they need to be, which is what is, yeah, which is what's going to have to happen for them to be good. It's just, they have to learn how do they bridge that gap from when they're playing a team that doesn't real, you know, a a team that's playing loose, then they can absolutely light them up with all their innate skill and yeah. And firepower, but they just haven't really bridged that gap between switch, flipping the switch from tight checking to, to opening up the ice like a team like you know when the Bruins are at the the top of their powers they can do or or the Lightning you know or hell even the just the Avalanche where they just constantly put waves of pressure on you and it naturally opens up the ice for them so they're not there yet but they'll get there um but yeah I mean it's and so until then I think we're just going to keep to look at the positives you know, we hope Lafreniere can just keep building. We hope Kako come back and just pick up right where he left off and finally start getting rewarded for this. And yeah, I mean, hopefully I do hope Zabanajad figures it out because I want, I, 
I don't know if he's now in, the, in this organization's long-term plans, you know, especially considering uh, maybe they have their, what you, you alluded to cap space coming off the books and maybe there might be some people looking for a change of scenery uh, sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like everyone's just, this team is finding their way, the, the players are finding their way. But, and yeah, a lot of the faces we see this season, we probably won't see next season. But uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we're just going to have to roll with it and hope for to see incremental improvements here and there. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think the, the person I'm paying the most attention to this season is David Quinn, because I think it'll tell us a lot about how this season goes, or at least how the, Ran- you know, the Rangers, uh, do they learn from their bad games? Do they correct their mistakes? Uh, it's been kind of up and down with their effort. They, you know, they'll you know right now they're only responding to being pushed or when their backs really up against the wall and the fact that you know even though they had a, they finally had their nice little run of games here can they string more of those together because if they can then maybe david quinn has some added life you know to his contract but if not i just i don't see how eventually the organization might start uh you know kicking around some names uh behind closed doors thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.